right, hopefully you've had a few minutes to think about your year and what you're hoping for next year. And if you follow my advice, you're going to be spending some time at the end of this year and the start of next in intentional prayer and fasting. And like we said, it's, an, it's easy to focus on the negative in the world. But it's also true that God uses difficult times to open hearts. This year, if you look for people who need a friend, you will find them. They are there. But we have to want to meet them. So pray for the compassion of Jesus to guide you in the start of this coming year and throughout the year that you would be that friend. So open up the year. End this one, start the next with prayer and fasting. But after spending some time with that, the second thing, reflecting on God and all the work that He's doing, Spend some time praying and considering how God made you and what He made you for. And really what we're beginning to think about is our purpose. And many churches, businesses, uh, different companies have a, a mission statement or a purpose statement. I think it's helpful for us to consider that idea and, and recognize at the very least, I need to understand and know that God made me for a purpose. I'm intentionally designed. <laughs> I'm going to look at a passage Uh, from John 15, and there are five truths from this that I think can be helpful as we think about our purpose. So John 15, 9 to 17, the hall of John 15 is really good, but I'm going to focus on this and I'll come back and read one more verse uh, from earlier. But start with verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. This is Jesus talking. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. Now, that's just an awesome passage. (laughs) There's just so many things in there that should be encouraging and that we can learn from. But I want to focus on five things, five truths from this passage that I think are a challenge and an encouragement to us as we think about the truth that God made us for a purpose. First, God wants you to abide in Jesus. Specifically, John 15, 9 says, Abide in my love. As the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. John 15, 4, a little earlier in the chapter, says, Abide in me 
and I in you. That's important. Abide in me, remain in me, and I in you. Goes on and says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This has that idea of the strong connection. And if you think about the vine and the fruit, there is no fruit on a branch that is not connected to the vine. Once you cut a branch off, it's, it's going to die. It's not only not going to have fruit, it's not going to have leaves, it's not going to be green, it's not going to need any more nutrients. It is now worthless except to provide a little heat if you burn it. What's the opposite of that? To be connected to the vine. If we're connected to Jesus, then we have potential. Disconnected, we don't even have potential. Abide in me. God wants you to be connected to Jesus. So as you think about your purpose, a very strong underlying foundational truth has to be, I need to be connected to Jesus. It's one of the reasons why we can't continually emphasize basically the same three things. You need to spend time in God's Word. One reason is that that's where you get to know God. That's how you get to know Jesus. You abide in Him as you abide in His Word, as you understand who He is, as you get to know Him, uh, you're connected to Him. You also abide in Him and He in you as you spend time in prayer, as you talk to Him. You know, you're not going to have a friendship with someone that you do not talk to. (laughs) It's the same in our spiritual life, our life with God. We read His Word because He speaks to us. He tells us who He is. He tells us what kind of person He wants us to be. Through a passage like this, uh, He's telling you that He loves you, that He wants you to abide in Him. You have to read it to know that. And then we should spend time responding to that, responding to that invitation, responding to that commandment in prayer. And we also need to spend time in the community of the church talking about what that looks like and encouraging and helping each other to do that. God really wants you to abide in Jesus. Second, God wants you to have real joy. It says in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Okay, that's pretty cool. Not just have a little happiness, but real joy. God wants you to have real joy. That's part of how God and why God made you. Galatians 5, and 23 tell us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, and there's that word, joy. It goes on and says peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy is the second one there. God wants you to have joy, and because real joy is not going to happen disconnected from God, We're told, abide in Jesus. And the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of being connected with God through the Spirit is joy. That's one of the things that God does. It's part of the fruit that we bear because of the Spirit's work in our life, because we abide in Jesus. 
So we think about our purpose and who we are and how God made us. Those two things are huge. And then another one they put in there, not so much because it's part of our purpose, but because it's so important that we understand. Verse 15 and 14, he says, You are my friends if you do whatever I commanded you. He says, I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. We have a friend, even when you have nobody else. And thinking about this whole idea of uh, the end of the year depression and discouragement that so many people have, and you know, we, we spoke about loneliness and isolation and, and all of those ideas where we just feel like, I don't have anybody. What God tells us is that's never true for you. You can never say that. Jesus says, I'm your friend. You may have nobody else. And I think, uh, keep in mind Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. So, you know, humanly speaking, that's the way it works. It says, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I think, you know, there, there are human friends like that. But when you really want to understand what a real friend is, I, I think we have to look to Jesus. He laid down his life for you. He not only laid it down for you, but he continually lives in intercession for you. Jesus is a true friend. And that should be part of our understanding of my identity, of who you are, who I am. We're friends of God. We're friends of Jesus. And it doesn't matter who else you have on this earth, you have a friend. That's important. That's something that's really going to make a difference when you think about this year, this life, what you're going to do this year, how you're going to live. And it's part of the motivation, honestly, for abiding in Jesus. Now, going back up to John 15, it says, If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. He's spoken these things to us. He's telling us about this abiding so that His joy will remain in us and that our joy will be full. This abiding and joy is information that Jesus is giving the people that He's calling His friends. He wants us to understand, I want you to have joy, and this is how you do that. You have to stay connected to me. Now, the problem that we have, or at least... Maybe I'm the only one, but as I go through time, I tend to get distracted and get busy with all kinds of different things. And some of them are good and some of them are important and some of them are less important. I try not to get distracted by things that are really bad, but you can be distracted by good things. And what happens is they challenge me to be a little bit disconnected from Jesus they challenge me to give some of his time somewhere else. And often with good things. You know, there are people who have a great heart. Their desire is to serve. They are uh, gracious and merciful. They love other people and they recognize needs. And they're always ready to serve. And that's a great thing. But there are times when people like that can serve and give until they've given the time that really belonged to God. 
So they're doing a good thing. But God says, I'm first. (laughs) You can't give someone else my time. Even if you're doing a good thing, if you disconnect from God, if you're not abiding in Jesus, then even your service will eventually be voided. Your relationship with Jesus would no longer be what provides that energy. It's no longer be an outflow of your relationship with Him, but it becomes what you do in your own energy, and then it becomes part of your identity. Instead of our identity being, I'm part of God's family, I'm a friend of Jesus, I am His, I am saved by grace, I am a follower of Jesus, I'm His, we become, uh, I'm a servant, and I'm known by serving other people. And I think of myself in positive terms when I'm serving other people. And the joy that I get in life is the joy of serving other people. And it becomes disconnected from Jesus. Maybe that's what got it started, but we can lose that. That's dangerous. So Jesus is a true friend, and part of being a true friend is to tell us the truth. We have to abide in Him. We cannot bear fruit that lasts unless we abide in Him. And Jesus tells us that because He is a true friend. Now, we go on there, and I think it's interesting how these flow, because I did them in the order they are in the, in the text. We abide in Jesus. We have real joy. There's, we're a true friend. That's why He's told us these things. And it's interesting. We're not just a true friend because, well, He couldn't find anybody else. <laughs> You've been the last one chosen for a team. <laughs> well, that's not what he's done. He's done with us. He says, you are chosen. God wants you. Even if you say, in my life, nobody wants me. God says, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. We are chosen. Uh, I love Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're chosen intentionally for a purpose, that we should go and bear fruit. And then throughout the New Testament, we have different pictures of uh, how to think about that. But Ephesians then talks about we're His workmanship. We're this craft that God has made. We're this beautiful work of art that we are created in Christ for good works. And those good works, God has prepared ahead of time. He's prepared the life that we should live, the way that we should walk, all of those things in our life. Here's the path. And He doesn't hide it from us. (laughs) That's, go back to John 15. Abide in my love. Keep my commandments. Abide in my love. If you do this, You will have my joy, and your joy will be full. See, all this is connected. We're made for a purpose to walk in good works, to bear fruit, to have that love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness. We're made to live that life, and that life is lived as we abide in Him, as we're connected to Jesus, as we spend time in His Word, and our understanding of the truth is solid. We really know why we're here. We can see the world and see it in truth, not with whatever the media tells you, whatever the, the thought for the day is, but you have abiding truth to connect to. 
And we walk through this life, the power of the Spirit, in the presence of God, with Jesus as a true friend. So we're always a majority. (laughs) We have God on our side. And we know that this path that we walk, we walk it because we're chosen. God has created you for a purpose. I, I don't know about you, but for me, that's, that's amazing. You know, there are people who have uh, all different elements in life, and, and they're created with different potentials. And that's one of the things that is difficult for us often to think about. Well, everyone doesn't have the same potential. You're right. <laughs> everyone doesn't. But God chose and created each one and gave them the ability to accomplish the work that he created for them to do, that he prepared for them to do. So there's no one that can say, well, I can't accomplish God's work in my life because I just don't have the ability. No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) If God has something that he's prepared for you to do, you absolutely have the ability to do it. And he walks with you. He tells us that. We abide in Him. We can have joy in filling out our purpose, not somebody else's purpose. It's one reason why comparing is such a bad thing for us to do. We, we shouldn't be spending a lot of time comparing ourselves to someone else. You're different. <laughs> I'm different. God made me to do something different than God made you to do. God chose you and prepared you for this work. So when we're thinking about and praying about a coming year and what God is doing. You know, all this is in the context of, you know, we're thinking about the needs around us, spending time prayer and considering the, the real truth that people need to know Jesus. We're thinking about our purpose. How do I connect really deeply with the way that God made me and the reason that God made me? Well, these truths have to be there as we're thinking and praying about their recognizing God this year, if I really want to have joy, <laughs> I need to abide in you. If I want to be able to look back next year and say, this has been a year that God has glorified in my life. I need to abide in Jesus. I need to obey his commandments. And I think then I'll have that fruit of the spirit. I'll have joy. And I'll have walked through this year with my friend, Jesus, understanding that I'm chosen for this purpose to carry out these works that he's created me to carry out. And then the fifth one, God wants you to to live a fruitful life. He says he chose us and appointed us that we should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. This is why he chose us. This is why he appointed you. God wants you to have a fruitful life. So Ephesians 2.10, those good works were created in Christ for these good works. John 15, 16, bear fruit. And Ephesians 2, 10, the good works. There's a lot of overlap, maybe even the same thing there. This is why we're here, to live a life that benefits someone outside of ourselves. And I think if we don't grasp that, then we're always going to struggle. If you feel like your life is about seeking your own joy, then every year you're going to end up pretty much in the same place, looking back, saying, yeah, this really wasn't the year that it could have been. I I didn't get everything I wanted. (laughs) I didn't do as well as I could have. 
You're always going to have that. If your goal in life and you feel like your purpose is pursuing your own joy, you're, you're not going to make it. <laughs> it's, you're never really going to be satisfied. Any satisfaction that you have that you produce will be temporary, without a doubt. But when we lay aside, and it, what did you say? Deny yourself. Take up your cross, follow me. But it starts with deny yourself. To start with understanding my purpose is not for me to meet all my needs myself. I can't do that. I can't do that. You can't do that. And if you're trying to do that, you're carrying a burden that God did not intend for you to carry. All of us have burdens. All of us have weights that we carry in our life. That's one you're not supposed to carry. (laughs) You can't meet all your needs. God can. And he meets every need that really is a genuine need. He doesn't meet all our wants. And sometimes there are needs that God temporarily doesn't give us. And at some point in time, you will die. And you'll say, well, some of my needs weren't met. That's why I died. Well, that's true. However, at that point in time, what you need is to be in God's presence. And he's taking you home. And then you won't care anymore. (laughs) We don't think about it that way, do we? All of our thoughts are in the here and now and in the present struggle. And we just want the present struggle to be great. We want to do better right now. And we're not promised that. And you can't do it yourself. God wants you to live a fruitful life. And that doesn't mean that your life's going to be producing money like crazy. It doesn't mean you're going to have uh, the golden touch and everything that you do is going to succeed in life. That's not what he means by fruit. There's two places I believe that fruit really comes to bear. The first one is the fruit that comes from our life and our spiritual growth, and that's that fruit of Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where our life is producing love both for other people and other people are um, motivated to love because of us. God's love is, is lived out through us. That's part of that fruit, that joy. That's a fruit of being connected, of abiding in Jesus. Peace. You know, this is what we're talking about, really, when we think about all of these anxieties and fears and worries and discouragement, depression. It's a lack of peace. It's very much connected to our trust in God and asking that question, am am I able to meet all my own needs and accomplish all my own purposes? And the answer is no. Do I trust God to? If I do, and really do, I can find that peace. And when things are not going well, well, you need that long suffering. (laughs) And always kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the fruit of a life that's abiding in Jesus. And that fruit developing and growing in us and then working its way out, I think bears spiritual fruit in others. So when we think about the ministry that we have in equipping the church. God has given you spiritual gifts that the church needs so that the church can be mature. As you grow and produce fruit in your spiritual life, then the overflow of that helps other people produce fruit. I think it leads to gospel conversations. I think you'll see people who accept Christ 
That's part of that spiritual fruit. So people, because of the conversations they have with you, because you're abiding in Jesus and you have real joy and you're living out this chosen life of living out um, a life of a disciple, of a disciple maker, then other people will make steps of faith. And that's part of your fruit. There'll be people who uh, one day in eternity will come up to you and they will share with you how something in your life, maybe it was a conversation, maybe it was a prayer that they heard, uh, maybe it was just something that they saw in you, and it encouraged them and challenged them, and their life is different because of it. Well, that's part of your fruit. John tells us that we're chosen and appointed to bear fruit. And it's, it's not up to you to be perfect. It doesn't require a perfectly beautiful vine to prepare fruit, to, to bear fruit. It can have uh, scrapes and scratches and, and not be beautiful, but if it's connected, every branch that's connected has the potential to bear fruit. So as we look at this and we're thinking about our own life and the year to come, think about these five truths here. God wants you to abide in Jesus. God wants you to have real joy. Jesus is a true friend even when you have no one else. You're chosen. You're chosen for a purpose. And God wants you to live a fruitful life. Think about those five things. One of the questions, one of the things you'd be praying for is what does that look like in my life? How am I right now living out these truths? Because hopefully you already recognize these things and they're operating in your life at some level. We think about next year and, and making changes. Some of the changes need to be to double down on the things that are right and cut out the things that are hindrances. Leave the things behind that are distractions and continue to follow follow closer in the footprints of Jesus. Now, next week, we're going to look a little more at how you can narrow down all that you could do. Because really, if you think about all the potential and all the things that you could do next year, there's a lot of things that you could do next year. But you can't do everything. You'll do best if you narrow it down to a few things that you can commit to that are in line with who God has created you to be. Even one or two small changes in your life, in every week, if you change one or two things, if they're the right things, it can be a huge, huge benefit to your spiritual life. It can make a tremendous difference. One or two changes, the right changes, can make a tremendous difference. So this week, my challenge to you is to pursue God. Pursue knowing Him more in His Word. Meditate on who He is. Meditate on what He's doing in the world around you. And consider these five truths, that God is inviting you to abide in Him and ultimately to bear fruit. And He's giving you um, all that you need to do that. As you think about that, prepare for next week. And we'll narrow it down a little more. Thanks for joining me again today. What's God doing in your life this holiday season? How are you focusing on abiding in Christ in the midst of a busy schedule? I'd love to hear from you. Write me at norman at runwithhorses.net or leave a comment on the Run With Horses podcast Facebook page. Take time today to pause and thank God for His work 
in your life. And whatever you do, keep running.